people deluded i'm back again welcome back to another podcast another day another episode people and what i must be five six deep in this man must admit this podcast stuff is way harder than youtube just in terms of how you market it how you target it and just about anything around it but yeah man the premier league's back after all of us banging on about it returning after the international break and carrying on and carrying on it's back and depending on what club you support dictates your emotion apologies as you just heard my iphone but like i said whatever team you support dictates your emotion let's have it out there people You want to laugh at Arsenal. I'm saying this because the man them are looking at me as I'm recording this. And obviously, I have a lot of friends that support other clubs. So let's have it out. I know a lot of them want to get at us because it feels like a defeat and whatnot. And we'll talk about Arsenal, Watford. But yeah, man, I thought I'd just make that public announcement. But I'm happy football's back. And obviously, I'd say football's really back now. It's because it's we're fully into the season now. What We're approaching October in a couple of weeks. This week, the Europa League, the better competition of the two out of the Europa League and the Champions League, of course, I'm being sour people, um, returns this week. For Arsenal, is Frankfurt. Um, for the rest of the teams, I don't know what United is doing in Europa League. And yeah, man, I don't even know what the other teams are doing in the Champions League. I only care about the overseas teams now. I know I think Chelsea got Valencia. That's about it. it shows my interest since Arsenal have gone out, at least until the better teams play or the better players play or whatever, man. Just... Emirates, get us back in the Champions League, man. Like, this is dead, man. I can't lie. I remember the days I used to laugh at Arsenal for finishing fourth, man. I missed the the, the sound def- the sound effects of, of um, the Champions League. It just, Europa League is hard to get behind, man. It's just not serious at all, man. Let's let's be honest. It's a good trophy. At the end of the day, it's a Europa League. It's a European trophy, sorry. But no one wakes up and wants to win this in their careers. Um, it's quite a bore until it gets to the semis and quarters and finals in the latter stages. But... It is what it is. It's back in it. So yeah, Cat Yarabel in a few weeks. FA Cup in the new year, which is the new, this year is going very fast, people. So before we know it, there'll be them FA Cup ties coming. But let's crack on again, man. Like I said, football's here, and I'm well willing to it. Speaking of football, man, it's rather sad that I have to speak on this first and foremost. Um, <clears throat> an Italian, an Italian television station says it will it will not use one of its pundits again. After he made a racist comment about Inter Milan striker Romeo Lukaku. Now, this guy just can't catch a break. It's sad to say, but we knew these stories were going to write themselves the minute he signed for Inter Milan. What's this, the third now of incidences? Because he, he had it against Caligari. I'm sure he's had something. There was another incident before. I'm 99% sure. But this is the latest kick in the teeth now. Let's see what specifically is said, people. And he actually sounds like he's praising Lukaku. Speaking on top Calcio 24, Luciano Pazirani, forgive me for mispronunciations for anyone else with that name, not for him in particular. This guy can go play with the traffic for like him. He's gone on to say, if you go one-on-one with him, Lukaku obviously, he will murder you. The only way to come up against him is maybe give him 10 bananas to eat. People, that silence represents exactly what I thought initially. First thought was raw, like, 
it's almost funny how a man can have the confidence to come out and say this. And I know a lot of people say the guy who said this is 80 and he's stuck in his ways. That's almost rationalising it. Yes, he's 80 and things were different. But if you're ignorant, you're ignorant. Either way, he's on TV. Now, we know Italy. Yes, there's migrants and there are a, there are a lot of people who have immigrated to Italy to have a living. But it's nowhere near as diverse as England and every other place. Um, so fair enough, they can, I wouldn't say afford to be a bit more relaxed. But there's less of a, if you say this, we're going to be on to you. Because you, you imagine the headwinds... If this happened in England, these these throwaway comments probably happen in Italian football and Italian culture all the time. To be fair with you, because we have seen these 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 documented. He's eight years of age. He's a racist idiot. Is a racist idiot, and just to have a stereotypical view like that is ridiculous. I mean, ten bananas to eat. First and foremost, where is the correlation? Second of all, why ten? Third of all, it just don't make no sense, man. I mean. <clears throat> Yeah, he's eight years of age, so he ain't got long left. So we'll just we'll just leave him, man. With that, it's just what what an idiot. Just just what an idiot. Now, for what it's worth, the program director Fabio um, Rizzari, forgive me for mispronouncing in the, uh, for enunciations, has said, despite him immediately saying sorry, he'll no longer participate in our broadcast. Of course, whether the broadcast station necessarily care or not. One thing that they, these companies do care about is bad plus bliss, bad publicity. Obviously, all attention is good attention, but stuff like this and certain other allegations, you want to sidestep and they don't want to be a part of it. So it's better him lose the job than ratings for and whatnot. Not that it would, because you're hearing you're 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 hearing Inter Milan fans defend racism, Caligari president defend racism. You just some backwards comments and just some backwards people individuals within Italy, and it's sad because. Italy once and foremost was once upon a time, sorry, was on my bucket list to visit, but it's a myth, man. Lovely culture, lovely people. Um, big up all the non-Italians that aren't hosting stupid comments like this and harboring that in their mind and whatnot. But moving on, he's obviously said he can't participate. Um, he said, Mr. Prezari is 80 years old and to compliment Lukaku, he used a metaphor that turned out to be racist. How is that a compliment? Like, how is that a compliment? That is implying that someone who is probably, Lukaku is probably smarter than him, just away from this guy being a racist idiot. Lukaku knows how many languages, has how many GCSEs. You're implying a man, to stop that man, a man so intelligent like that is to simply throw some bananas at him. That's racist. He immediately said sorry, so whether someone told him through the earpiece he's saying stupid stuff is another story, but he immediately knew he was talking nonsense. I mean, if you say that in the public, and whether it's an accident or not, what thoughts are you having behind the scenes? And to be fair, Lukaku has spoken of the racist connotations growing up in Belgium at times, the fake age comments and stuff due to his physicality, etc. This is probably sadly water for ducks back. Will it stop? We all know racism isn't going to stop people much less in life um, and and never mind football. We know, especially within Italian football, it's not going to stop. We'll be here before the end of the year, probably about 20 more incidences. And it is what it is. He's just, I don't, I don't even want to say he's just got to take it on the chin because there's nothing to take on the chin, but it is what it is. It is what it is. There's no, yeah, he lost his job. He'll find another one. They might even reinstate him in a couple in a couple months or so when the dust has settled. Um it's, yeah, it's just it's just stupid, man. It's just <sighs> shout out to the the, the, the organization for um, Top Cal CEO Twenty Four for getting rid of him and saying their apologies and whatnot. So it is what it is in that regards. But yeah, people, man, rather down on. I started this po- this podcast very upbeat and whatnot, people, man. I just finished eating some salt and vinegar crisps in that, man, and that's the best flavor in my opinion with the Walkers. But moving on, you know what? 
let's speak about the Premier League now, man. Let's 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 start with my club, of course. Let's start with Arsenal. Now it feels like a defeat, people. The two-two draw against Watford. Now I've said all of this in videos, and I've said all of this in in everything I've said on Twitter and whatnot. For me, first and foremost. I'm at the stage now making this podcast where I've accepted the result. I'm able to look at it without emotion and my feelings still stay, stay the same. Yeah, you can say because of that sec- second half and quite quite rightly, we were lucky to walk away with a point. But um, by that logic, it, it almost kind of rationalises what happened out there. At the end of the day, we, we lost to a team that was rock bottom on 20, at 20th. Um, what's it? One, one, no clean sheets this season. Low on confidence. New manager. Uncertainties probably over futures of of backroom staff, people behind the scenes, and the players. And they turned it around. We know out of all the top six sides, people relish Arsenal the most. We know on top of that, they're on playing top six sides. We knew most Arsenal fans knew this was not going to be an easy game. Most people knew we was going to concede a goal. That being said, this is a disgraceful performance in my opinion. Now. The diamond or whatever he tried to implement in Remre yesterday, um, I feel it could work in time. Obviously, there was going to be teething issues. I feel there was a real lack of defensive and offensive consistency in terms of the wide play because obviously you can point to it and say the one time, the very few times that we kind of utilised the flanks, we got two goals from either side. Maitland-Niles for the second, Kolajinac for the first. Obviously, there was good team moves and other guys were featuring in these two goals Aubameyang scored. Um, we never had no real foothold on the game and and regardless of your opinions on them, no disrespect to Watford's midfielders because I, I actually rate Decore highly and I think Kapua is a good player. He's definitely put more credibility on his name than his Spurs days and formed a good career of himself and I feel them them two midfielders worked hard I feel cleverly at times just slightly behind Wilson worked very hard I feel Delafeo should have had about six goals played well and done and stayed um, loyal to the tactics and he's someone that normally lets people down tactically in terms of and on top of decision making I think Will Hughes's performance will go under the radar I was really impressed with him he's like he was I want to say a right winger but he was inverted at the time and he helped cut in and he did well we knew what we was coming against but no disrespect to them they're good midfielders they're not poor but if you're going with Ozu on that field who I think played well if you're going with Sobayos if you're going with Gwendozi if you're going with Xhaka if you're going with Pepe if you're going with Aubameyang I can't lie you got to put this game to bed about the 2-0 like, we'll get on to more of what I have to say but you should probably one be scoring three or four and if you're not going to do that we should be sustaining um, possession and dominating the tempo I watched the game twice people and watching it again beyond the fact that we scored within the first when we scored you know what when we was 2-0 ahead there was a five minute passage where I think Watford felt sorry for themselves so I'll give us some 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 sort of fair dues but other than that Watford were the ones setting the tempo Watford were the ones at it they were getting well, doing well down either flanks. And I just said Will Hughes played well. Watching the games again, I think he played better in that in that role or kind of occupy trying to occupy that little space. If you don't want to say he was playing there, because we know he's playing in midfield. I think they linked up well down that flank. Like you saw, because Maitland-Niles was more or less by himself, how many times did they try and switch it out to his side and have Delafeu take him on? And if Delafeu had better decision-making, he could have scored more. Beyond our goals in the first half, we really weren't at it. If you've got these players on the field, they've... Again, the players have to take some blame because at the end of the day, we don't win together, we don't lose together. It's fifty percent. Apologies for the noise. It's 50% Emery, it's 50% the players. Um... I don't like I said we can look at the the formation and how it was coming with and I don't necessarily have a problem with it but we can say how oh, there was teething issues but for me 
there wasn't really a method to the madness in that for me uh, initially it was well i'm seeing ozil all over the pitch sabios all over the field obamian on the flanks as well as through the middle pepe and ozil on the right hand side occasionally maitland now's going midfielders one minute one guy's di a different midfielder at the base there where Xhaka was on one hand this is good and this can disrupt oppositions but on o if there's a method to this madness if there's a specific reason but and there might have been beyond what I can comprehend or know. But on the other hand, I see that as and I, I see it as these individuals they don't really know what they're supposed to be doing and they're just trying to make it happen because Sabios did very well. I won't say he was playing left wing. We know he wasn't, but he was on the left hand side. How many times did he get frustrated and move? Ozil's all over the field. Obamian even look at Obamian's got first goal because he's actually involved in his own move. And and like I said, we realistically. We're not playing with wingers, so occasionally players are going to have to occupy them wide flanks. Um, so it's, it has to happen. But for me, it just looked like people were freestyling, people were unsure, people didn't really know what to do. And that makes Watford's job easier. I've just praised Watford tactically. I won't say it was a 4-4-2, but it was, almost like, it was almost like that off the ball of sorts with Cleverly just slightly behind Wilson. And I think Flores put, um, coached them very well for that game. He's got a good record and he continues his decent record against Emery. But the players have to take have to take credibility. The Watford players were at it. They were probably they probably looked in that dressing room and said, "Yo, listen, guys, our season starts today." Do you get it? We're at it. We listen. We are getting something out this game, and people, it's got to hurt as an Arsenal player because football's a, f a small world, man. Them, and these what for the Arsenal players play next to each other for training. They're probably going to see each other on the drive and say, "I told you we, we would get something off you, soft boys. You lot are this and that." And the banter's going to be there. And that for me, it would hurt. I don't disagree with what Xhaka said, but for players to for, for us to say that we are scared against Watford, no disrespect to Watford, but con especially considering the way they are at the moment, we've really got to look at people. For Emre to come out and say two 0 is not enough, because we all know two 0 is not a, a not a not a good lead. It's a very dangerous one. But come on now, come on. What is said at half time? Like I said, the two goals we scored probably the only positives from that game. What did we do? What is said at half time? Watford must have had a terrific team talk because we looked like we was going to lose this game when it was 2-0 to us, as you saw with their start in the second half. But what is said at halftime? What is Emre saying to the boys at halftime? What are the boys saying between themselves? It comes down to game management. Surely they, they're not... Obviously, when you're playing the game and you're watching it, your perceptions are different. So both sets of players could have an alternative reality on how the game actually went. But surely you got to say to yourself, boy, you know, there was a couple close calls. Man, then, what are we saying? Are we either trying to kill this game off or are we going to frustrate them? All right, we'll still make the runs and post a threat. But you look, calm down, defend first. Let's try not, let's not be a bit silly. Let's not be silly here. And Emre had to play. Again, the players are the ones playing, but Emre has to put that into them people. Because what is said in the first half going into halftime? What is said the first 10 minutes where we've conceded and we're under the cost, people? What is said at 2-2? What is said at 2-1? What is said at 2-0, especially in that second half? I don't see no leaders, people. And leaders don't need to be man shouting and that. I feel sorry for these young players because you look when they're coming onto the field, they're looking like they're looking at experienced players and they're hiding people. It's ridiculous. Like it, it was really a, a poor performance last um, yesterday, and it carries on individual mistakes and more frustrating for me with these individuals. For me, it should all be re no. No one should be making these mistakes. And Gwendozi is the one exception to the rule because he's young enough to make mistakes, but he's played a, a lot now and he can still make mistakes, but certain mistakes. 
I'm expecting these mistakes from him. And again, not to excuse him, but him and Joe Willock and Nelson and Martinelli and Saka. I'm not expecting this from... I know it wasn't directly him this week, but Leno, David Luiz, double-week offender now. Xhaka, last week. Um, Socrates, another offender. Just individual errors, people... People not remaining, people just not remaining focused and switched on at all. People and um, these are the these these are the things we've got to improve. These are experienced individuals. Sorry, people. One second, something's happened with the thing. Oh, sorry, people. Apologies. I thought it stopped recording. I'm using Audacity, but like I said, you've, you these are experienced individuals. David Luiz has won Champions League. Champions League people, he's played at World Cup, Socrates, heavily capped but for Greece, played for Arsenal now, played for Dortmund, played for um, AC Milan, Xhaka, captained his country, I'm not, and I don't even think Xhaka was that bad yesterday com in comparison to others when people on the scapegoat, and all these others, How? what's going on, where's the focus, and for me even if in, in, in these isolated incidences you make these mistakes, yeah, because for instance Socrates is one, he should be fixing up because he's been poor since pre-season, but the way we play in terms of playing out from the back, occasionally them things are gonna happen. But that that should only that Socrates's thing should only be the one thing we should have this season. We're making too many too many individual mistakes on 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 top of potentially being, if not the one of the worst teams in this league off the ball. People, that's a fact. We are one of the worst. Sadly, one of the worst teams off the ball. You see some of the goals we can see, and we don't and we don't thingy. We don't think he stopped these things where they can, where they can, where they can thingy, where they can be stopped. You look at, you look at Liverpool. Do you know how many goals them and City probably avoid just because their strikers or whatever are stopping it halfway off the field, people? I'm um, stopping it halfway up the field. You're seeing for me and your Buster got to make a little foul, get away with it. I'm not saying we we didn't even need to do that yesterday, but these are the sort of things, people. Just just remaining focused in the. And for me, Socrates made that mistake not because he can't play out from the back, not because Emre is is. Um, and there's another debate to be had quite rightly so about Emre staying for loyal to playing out from the back. But for me, that's because they're scared. Look at the goal kick that, le that led to that. Before that, we was getting peppered, people. Players are scared. You only do them thing there when you're scared. I do think we could have went long um, quicker, people. But I'm not going to lie. Watching the game again, I see why we'd stopped going long. Because I saw, I, I, I counted it at the time. I saw Gwendozi, Xhaka, um, Socrates, definitely. I, I think someone else. I can't remember who. But we tried a couple of them and it just didn't bang in it. So I get why. We're not as good physically as them. Rather than try and ping it long, we're not going to win the second ball. We might as well play it short. Try finals and Ceballos and see what happens. But these players... I don't understand what we're doing. Like, I don't understand what we was coming with. Like, I really, people, I'm really trying to look at the sky. I'm really trying to look at the sky and think, and think like, like, why, why, how did this happen? Like, I'm, you can hear me. I'm lost for, I'm lost for words, people. Like, I, I don't understand what happened yesterday. Like, a 2-0 lead on top of that. Emre as well, we heard, first and foremost, when he came to the club, we heard protagonist talk. We heard protagonist. He's, he prefers to win 5-0 five, five rather than 1. We haven't seen none of that. Beyond the fact that we have good, technically good individuals and they've occasionally made things happen, we haven't seen none of that. He's been incredibly defensive and pragmatic. But how can you be pragmatic if you're conceding all these goals? We're getting worse. Do you get it, people? I love him, Ray, but come on now. Like and we still don't know the style of play, people. We do not know the style of play. We heard every excuse under the sun for him. Not not and quite rightly so some of it. New what's it, new manager, new to the league, got to know these players, needs to get rid of players. And all of that is true. But at the end of the day, 
We knew coaching was going to be a big part of this role. Yes, we've spent money, more money than I thought we could. But coaching was going to be a big part of this role. There's no way around it. So we have to look here. He's been here for over a year now. And how have we improved specifically? Evidently, because we have, let's be fair, we have improved in some incidences. But evidently, to the untrained assets, someone that doesn't give a crap about Arsenal or football, if they, if you show them Arsenal prior to Emre and now, can they see they've evidently improved? The answer is no, people. If we keep it 100, we don't know the style of play. And you not know me. I'm not someone who harps on or cares about style of play and them things there. But we need to know what he stands for. If you claim to be protagonist, but we don't see that because we're, we're shooting less. And I'll bring that up later. We're shooting less than most sides. We're scoring goals, but we've got gunmen like Aubameyang, Lacazette up front. We're always going to score goals. Um defensively we can't defend for anything and we've seen a bunch of systems beyond the fact that some of these players simply aren't good enough what tactics have you got really what 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 are you like what sort of manager are you what do you actually stand for what principles are you installing to the club are you indeed going to keep adhering to arsenal's values of how we like to play or are you bringing your own but we haven't seen any of this people you look at lampard lampard needs to improve chelsea dramatically defensively we know that chelsea fans know that from the day dot, you've seen them. Quick passes, one-twos, things like that. Sorry last season for all their faults the same. And and there's also many other examples. We've seen Emre quickly install playing out from the back. But beyond that, why can't he install us improving slightly defensively or offensively as well? Because look beyond the goals, people. People like even in the 22 unbeaten run, these things were happening, but people were shutting up about them. Then towards the last eight or ten games of last season, people finally started to wake up. And now we started to wake up and see it any optimism that was here because of who we signed in pre-season and whatnot should still be there but it's reality now we have dropped how many the last possible potential nine points between liverpool spurs and 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 udb play as well we just we just drew with them watford possible nine points what is that two points that's seven points dropped we missed out on top four last season by a point seven now people and realistically we are going to drop points again last next continuing into the season now Obviously, City and Liverpool are irrelevant, and they, I, I'm being careful with how I say this because they're both elite, but they'll potentially drop points somehow, whether drawing or losing. Spurs, Chelsea, United will definitely lose again this season, people, but we will as well, so we're losing ground. We need to get up together. I can't understand now. We saw the Spurs get... Surely you say to yourself, after the Liverpool and the Spurs game, you say, yo, listen good results or whatever, but we can improve a bit individual mistakes. Even look at the goal we can see, and forgive me if I'm wrong, against Burnley. Even before, even in a lot of these games, we've been at sixes and sevens. These things still remain. Ironically, last season, Watford almost beat us to, almost beat us with 10 men. And we got away with it last year and it was quickly spread under the carpet, put under the carpet. But now we're not, now it, now it's it's quickly, it's quickly being, being forgotten sort of thing. But anyways, man, I've been... Carrying on about Arsenal for a long time now, people. What was the stats I was going to bring up for you? Because I just said I'd mention it. L yesterday was the first time we failed to win a Premier League game in which we were two goals ahead since 2016, where we drew 3-3 with um, West Ham United. Ironically, this is the first time Watford have avoided defeat in the league after being two goals down since January of last year, where they drew 2-2 against Southampton. Since the start of last season... Sadly, Arsenal players have, have made a combined 14 errors leading to opposition goals. At least two more than any club at this time. Now, we know these players have issues. We've spoken about the players. I've spoken about them. But how can none of this drop on Uno Emre? He's been here long enough. You've got to get that out of there. In the same way I was praising him when we was winning, I've got to look at him now. I believe in him. He's still my guy. But these individual errors. And you've brought in Louise, who... 
admittedly, people, we, we all knew these mistakes were going to happen. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think they are going to literally happen week in, week out. I thought over the season, he's probably going to do it in one of the first games. He's going to do it again in December and he'll probably do it again next year. I didn't think it'll be two in two, literally, people. Two penalties in two, well, two in three, people. He's given away two penalties. He's only gave away three and a hundred odd for Chelsea. Um... So that shows you the perception of him potentially being error-prone and potentially reality. And it'll show what's going wrong. Because on one hand, I do think it's Louise switching off. But the football devil's advocate in me looks at these goals again and looks at the sequences that lead to these things. Not only that, but the goals we concede. And it's about what people are doing before these things happen. We don't sniff fires before they've before they've become a problem it's only when it's uh, when it's uncontrollable that people are trying to pull it out and we just look like Bambi on ice. But... Since the start of last season, no side has conceded more goals via penalties in the Premier League than Arsenal were level with Brighton. We've conceded three this season alone. Watford had 31 shots at our goal, the highest tally Arsenal have ever faced since Premier League um, stats um, up to stats began, um, which is mad. In our last five games, we've had 95 shots at our goal, people. It's mad. It's mad. Since Emre's taken over, 115 shots on target away from home. Only Burnley have had more. I mean, have held more. And now if we look at Burnley, no disrespect to Sean Dykes and them, but admittedly, they know they're not the best, the best blessed technically. They don't go to teams to try and beat teams. They can defend better than us. They go to defend and remain solid and, and take it from there. We're supposed to be on the front foot. So looking at it, people... How can, meant to be making us solid and people were saying we're looking better than solid in terms of defending, but we're seeing, we're seeing, look at, look at the statistics, people. We're seeing too many shots conceded at our goal and we're just simply not shooting enough people. We had seven shots, four on target, people. If I quickly just bring up a, a bring up our next one that I had screenshotted, give me one second, people, I've got it somewhere. It was talking about our last few, look. Against against Newcastle where we won, we had eight, they had nine shots. Against Burnley, Burnley had 18 to our 15. Liverpool was an anomaly, we'll allow that one to a fair degree, but they had 25 shots to our eight. We'll let that one off, we knew that was going to happen. And then obviously you got 31 and 7. But in all these games, apart from Newcastle, which had a new manager at the time, we have not taken enough shots and have... Well, the Liverpool one, forget. But how are you going away to Watford and playing against Burnley and you haven't had more shots than that? You haven't had more shots. What is going on? Even the, the possession stats, like, what's going on? Because I look at the players on one hand, but at the same time, I've got to look at what other people are doing, people. But that's enough about Arsenal, man. That's enough about Arsenal. Um, Well... Ex-Arsenal, but shout out to Daniel Marlon who scored five goals for his team, PSV, um, which is good for him because he's what he continues after scoring that. He he scored for his country. It's been a it's been a hell of a last two weeks for that guy, man. And he's yeah, man, go all the way. Apparently, Arsenal are fighting with United to sign Sunderland team Logan Pye. He apparently can play centre half and fullback. I don't know him, people. I haven't seen him play, but. If he follows on from Sam Greenwood and he's obviously been capped at England level and he's only 15, we'll probably move for him when he's 16 in Jan. I'm all for it, people. Why not? A 16-year-old I'd love to bring to this club tomorrow, Jude Bellingham, obviously started and scored against Charlton, um, which is great for him and he's going to be a terrific player. And for me, he should stay at Birmingham for the next foreseeable future because how many other managers are playing a 16-year-old? I, I get just get senior games, man. Look to you look at Deli Ali and and and, and um, MK Dons. How much games he got before the move? Just get your games, develop, stay away from all the hype. And by the time he's eighteen, twenty, 
So he could be a, he could be a special player if he isn't already. I really believe in him, man. He's a good passer, good engine. Obviously, he's got an eye for goal. Obviously, he's got to improve several aspects relative to his age. I believe his dad was a fairly good striker a bit before my time. So maybe that's some of the muscle memory that his dad's passed on to his offspring, his son. I'm, always sure, I'm sure you've all seen Saliba's been training at Arsenal to help with his recovery from his injury. And he was actually allegedly in the away stands against Watford. So it's nice to see him, although he won't be playing this season. It's nice to see that obviously he wants to take an active interest in Arsenal and what we're doing. Um, shout out to, I can never say his name, but Joe Gerlholt of Wigan, who also scored a 17-year-old lad. Um, apparently, Xhaka is going to be named captain this week, along with, uh, well, as part of five captains at this club, which I must admit, I'm interested to see the official announcement. Um, moving on from that, people, apparently Iwobi found out on holiday that he was moving from Everton to Arsenal, and um, you lot can type that in and expand on it. I don't really want to harp on about Iwobi, but... He said he really didn't have much time to think. He didn't really need much time to think. Obviously, when he spoke to Everton, he was sold. And he kind of alluded to he was in a bit of a comfort zone at Arsenal, which I'm not sure if I entirely buy because I don't know if Iwobi truly wanted to leave. Um, if he did want to leave and get out of the environment of Arsenal and obviously progress away from being scapegoated and all these things and divorce us, then cool. But I personally feel it was more the club forcing his hand. Um, so it is what it is in that regards, people. Um what else have we got? It was another good game for Eddie and Carrier. Obviously came off the bench um, for for Leeds in the 70th minute and he scored a good goal. I believe it was a Calvin Phillips free kick. I cannot be sure. Calvin Phillips free kick um, into into the box. Eddie and Carrier reacted first and pulled it home. He was then brought down for a penalty, which means he gets an assist. So it means a 2-0 win for them against Barnsley, which is good for him. Obviously, we want him to start, but if you just keep taking your chances, the coach won't be able to ignore you. Um for not too long. I'm going a bit off topic and I, I must admit I need to get back to the Premier League people and I will do. Don't think I've forgotten but it's, it annoys this this one thing annoys me people, yeah. This this one thing annoys me, yeah. Yeah. I I was debating with I was debating with friends. Van Dyke is he the best if not one of the best center halves in the Prem. We was talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and Henri. Yeah. He's talking about Van Dyke as well, if I haven't said that. But why, people, it annoys me. Yeah? Why do man say, when you're talking about what people have done specific to the Premier League and contributions to the league, why do man bring up the Champions League? Don't get it confused. For anybody getting it confused, the Champions League is a great achievement. And if you're talking about the two individuals' overall achievements and who's the better player or or their time in England, for example, for, for Ronaldo and Omri, just say their time in England, who's had the bit, bit bigger impact. Then you can factor in all of them. But if you're specifically, and people listen to what I'm saying, specific Premier League, yeah, how can you bring up Champions League into this? Like, the first thing one of my mandem said is Van Dyke's won Champions League. He's one of the best ever in the league. He could be one of the best ever in the league. But surely the Champions League achievement is irrelevant. It's like my people. It's like me and you talking about who's the better at GCSE maths. And I tell you I'm better at GCSE maths because of what I've done in English. Do you see how silly that sounds, people? I'm not belittling these achievements. I'm not saying you can't use it overall, but surely it holds no weight if talking specifically about the Premier League, people. Again, specifically about their contributions to the league, people. Do you get it? Do you get it? I'm sh surely, people. Surely, surely, I'm not wrong on that one. Um, 
Off topic, but I can't lie, man. I know I was bantering United fans, and we do banter United fans because obviously we were signing Pepe, who's not scored, and we look a bit egg on our face at the moment. Um, we was mocking Daniel James. Now, on a serious note, I'm happy for Daniel James because sadly he lost his father. He's come from Swansea. He was about to join Leeds. He's joined their old, well, still, but old rivals in... Um, Great arrivals in United. He scored for them. He's playing in the league. I really like Daniel James's story, and I feel considering he costs fifteen million. Again, it rem it remains to be seen if he means as he if he mean if he means to finish as he started. But I think that's one of the bargains of the of the season so far. I think United haven't been the best. Daniel James stood up to be counted. I don't think he's cared about the fact that I'm on from humble Swansea, playing for Swansea. I'm now at United, one of the biggest clubs in the world and the biggest in the league. Um, in terms of is what they've done um and he's taken to it he didn't score at the weekend but i really like his energy his positivity he's a bit of a diver i can't lie but i really like him man i really like him i'm still gonna ban at united fans i'm waiting for pepe to overtake him in the goal scoring records and we'll begin that but right now run your banks just anything chelsea fans gotta say because i was on to chelsea fans about about tammy abraham my, my chelsea supporting friends are on to me I was on to Aubameyang, I, was, I mean, on to Tammy Abraham and comparing him to Aubameyang and saying that you lot should get Eddie and Ketty back. But obviously, Tammy's messing that up. Shout out to Tammy Abraham as well, man. It's on a serious note as well for getting that hat-trick. Because banter aside, you know he was dealing with the harsh criticisms. We all know there's no excuse for racism. It's good for him. And I think people, for me, Eddie and... Um, I keep saying different names. For me, Tammy's a good player. He's not my cup of tea, really, but I like him as an individual. He's a bully, he's strong, and he scores goals. I think people got to respect him a bit because one thing I like about Chelsea is a loan spell doesn't always help with young players. And in Arsenal's case, we actually haven't always picked the best spells. But you look at Mount, and again, the loan army business is a different story. But you look at Mount, Tomori, and specifically Tammy. Tammy had around 50, 60 goals, surely, to his name. And I'm sure before he even kicked a ball for a four thingy for Chelsea um, so you can't discount that experience and what I'm getting at is he's clearly a goal scorer yeah you can say it's championship but he knows how to score goals he did that at Aston Villa he did that at Bristol and there might have been other clubs Mount to playing well for me the best spell excluding Derby was with Vitesse because he's playing Europa League Tomori was at Derby and as well as Hull that experience has helped them that is why our development well Arsenal's development probably and, and you could probably say United with Chong Gomez Greenwood that is why our players are probably behind them now because their players you look at Reese James even um and 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 Ruben Loftus-Cheek Loftus-Cheek's not really that not really a youngster like that but you can add him into it you look at them people they're ahead because they've been playing professional pro competitive football Greenwood um Greenwood Nelson played last season but Nelson Greenwood Joe Willett have they got the stamina to play twice three times within 10 days um 90 minutes no they haven't Tammy can Mount can Tomori can, and that's nothing. That's not a criticism of theirs. That's just because they they're inexperienced. Greenwood and that, and the Arsenal ones. That's because they're inexperienced. They're still learning. Our crop of players, United's crop of players, are different to Chelsea's. Now, Callum Hudson Odoi, you could throw him into that because how many games has he played? And when he started against Spurs, he played great in the in the league, um, in in the League Cup, sorry. But against Liverpool, when he started, he didn't have the best of games. So what are we going to see with Callum? And obviously, he's coming from his injury. I think Callum's a sick player, but. Um, we've got to be careful, man. You got to, they're all developing at different rates. Chelsea's loan system generally is flawed. I mean, loan systems in general in football are flawed because they're not really... Obviously, they're with the players' development in mind, but there's not really... Clubs aren't really doing what other teams are doing is having a real specific pathway. It's more they're going because they can't get game time and things. And 
like I said, everybody's situation is different. A loan spell can be good for one player and disastrous for the other. But I think in these three cases, their experience has been good. And like I was saying about Tammy, shout out to Tammy for them three, them three goals, man, against Wolves. Because they were three very good goals. I really enjoyed his header. It was a good reactionary finish, I felt, to um, have quick reactions to sort out the one that Tomori and Mount were involved in. And for me, his third goal was the best of the bunch. Put Cody on toast, people. Absolute toast. Didn't even butter it, just yammed that bando living. He ripped him, destroyed him, killed him, really savaged him, people. And Tammy was looking like Adebayor in that game, people. And if Tammy can continue that, then obviously plays for Chelsea. I don't want him to score goals, but I like to see confidence, especially in young men that look like me and come from a reality like myself. Um, and he's obviously got a lot of weight on his shoulders wearing the number nine shirt. As you know, that number nine shirt attached with most clubs is normally a shirt that's been reserved for legends, reserved for big money signings. Can Tammy feel the number nine boots? So it remains to be seen. But you'd back him to do that. You'd back him to do this thing. Um, so keep it up. And that Wolves game was crazy, people, man. Chelsea's still showing their issues defensively, but they're showing that they can score goals and they're going to savage teams and play good football this season. Liverpool versus Newcastle is same old Liverpool running riots. I mean, Firmino brought out the party tricks. Mane on top form. Shout out to Mane for the fantasy league points. Um, Liverpool's an open book with them and City, man. Obviously, they didn't start off well. I mean, it was we were going to forget it now and it means nothing. But Williams scored a very good goal against Liverpool. And I think for a period, Newcastle's game plan was working. It's just they got Liverpool's quality showed. Liverpool just had too much for them. I felt they started to potentially respect, as the game went on, respect Liverpool a bit too much, start to sit back and get scared as Liverpool players started to show and flex their muscles and as their fans started to get on top of them, as expected, people. Um... I mean, I'm seeing Van Dyke trying to score. Van Dyke seemed intent on scoring a screamer in that game. And it must be exciting times being a Liverpool fan. You've gone from man like Clavan to Van Dyke, And I mean, I would love to know how Liverpool, which at the front three they believe is their, their, their better player. Because you know at all clubs, there's that one, like obviously players can leave, but there's that one that you think, yeah, this thing is, this thing is not going to happen if he's not ready. This thing is not going to happen if he's not at it. And for me, you know, I feel like Lacazette, they're different players, but... Both of them play in sides where they can score 20 league goals and both of them should. But um, Firmino's record so far this season is respectable. I just think generally he should score more goals. He's got some assists and goals this year. For me, Firmino is sick. He's sick. Work rate, skills. It's just a shame when he brings out them party tricks against Arsenal. Bad boy football. Like Mane, savage. I love Mane. I think he's one of my favourite non-Arsenal players. I love Mane. Salah, I don't need to tell you what Salah's been on in the last couple of years he's been in the Prem so I'd love to know Liverpool which players they which one of them three they actually believe is the the one that makes everyone click or the one that if he's not at it we're not at it or in fact better yet who is the best player for the team out of them three when they're all playing worse and what I mean by that is when they're not scoring when there's not space to run into when there's not the link-up play sort of game. Who is the most effective on the field? Is it Mo Salah? Is it Mane? Is it Firmino? Because I always look at players. What do they offer on the worst of days? Because it's not always a game to play to their strength sort of thing. So Liverpool fans, if you can't answer the way I put it, answer the second way. Can't not talk about Norwich versus Manchester City. I mean, we knew it was going to be a good game for the neutrals, but nobody knew Norwich was going to win. At the end of the day, Norwich can still get relegated and City can still win the league. So I'm seeing a lot of headlines drawn already for both sets of the Premier League spectrum. But 
and obviously this won't mean nothing if City win the league and if New not not Newcastle if Norwich get relegated, it's gonna burn them and it will it will be a good little highlight reel and look good in the whole DVD of the season, but it will mean nothing. But what it, it what it confirms to Norwich what they've already known in, in in games like where they gave Chelsea a good run for their money before obviously they didn't win or against Liverpool is that they can play people if they keep that same spirit be a bit more switched on defensively then they could potentially stay in the league and I know a lot of people are cheering for them very good game very good game who's that oh, I forgot his name what's that lad in the midfield it begins with an L the 22 year old man he was playing like the sixth role he's just mopping up everything City was doing it was a good game man Cantwell was good as well um I don't know what some of them Manchester City players are doing defensively. I mean, I'm seeing it. I didn't know if it was Arsenal in disguise, people. Um, so I think City will get back on top and go back to doing their thing. But who knows? Obviously, I know a lot of you saw saw Spurs. I mean, a lot of Spurs fans I speak to, they obviously know Kane's better than Son and Kane's their best, if not one of the best players in the club or their best player. But a lot of them say their favourite player or their best player is Son or Son plays better without Kane and... For the first time, I kind of saw what they mean because I guess if Kane plays, Son's got to give up some of the areas and he's almost not got to play a support role because he's, he's sick in his own right, but he's, he's got to play a support role. Son was on fire. Son was savaging them. They completely savaged Crystal Palace. Like they, Spurs are back on track and that was good for them, really and truly. Spurs were doing their thing. Spurs played some good football. I know there's been talk of Pochettino and people even looking at Harry Kane now there's a lot of question marks but at the end of the day it's just for Spurs it's about just getting getting back to winning ways which they did um Everton from an Everton and Bournemouth's perspective man Bournemouth were quality man I don't need to harp on about Bournemouth but Everton were shambolic people shambolic absolute shambolic like that goal Delft did um Callum Wilson's both for Callum Wilson's goals, just absolute joke, man. Defending, and I don't know what Mark Silver and Marco Silver, sorry, and Everton are gonna do to get themselves out of that hole. But boy, they need to fix up. They really, 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 really need to fix up, people. On the topic of defend of of defending, it's a bit weird because Arsenal, evidently, if you've been watching the Premier League, have an issue defensively. Chelsea under Lampard so far have an issue defensively. City have a bit of defensive crisis just based on the injuries. And one criticism I actually have of Liverpool is despite as, as much as I praise them and they've been good, they've only kept one clean sheet. And some of the goals they conceded, like Trent Arnold in, on the weekend where he's over-covering, and like for me, the Norwich game, they've got, a, I don't know if that's rustiness, but they've put, maybe Klopp and them not got to look at that and think, yo, we've got a kind, that, that might be something that could let us down. And we know them and City are going to be neck and neck again. They might have to look at that one there, people. It's funny though, man, looking at it, quite a few clubs have an issue defensively. And is Klopp versus Pep closer than people think, people? I've got to say this because I love both of them. I think they, I think you can't always compare managers. Obviously, you can compare accolades and they're both in the Premier League. They're both won Champions League. They've both done good things, um, good things and that. Um, and they're both good in their own principles, but they all they both come from different walks of life as, to a degree. They're both completely different. So I think you can only judge managers on principles. And I know many people instantly say Pep straight away, like Pep straight away. And don't get me wrong, Pep is the best club manager that's existed because he bucked Ferguson. Ferguson had no answers for him. He's done his... T he, he, he's, he is everything. He is he has changed so many countries, whole syllabuses on how they coach players. You know how much Klopp has... It, Klopp, sorry, Pep Guardiola has affected countries and clubs. People are being trained. Coaches are being ingrained. 
to to play and to coach people to play like him and players are being coached to play like him beyond ways we can com- comprehend the way Pep is coached people some of his what he's laid into foundation uh, at some clubs and in certain countries you're going to see it 20 years from now of course there's going to be other managers to put their hat into the ring but you cannot ever discredit Pep Guardiola and refer to him as a checkbook manager of course he spends a lot of money it's available to him of course you would like there's always going to be that question could he do a Wenger at Arsenal in, within reason could he do a Klopp with Dortmund and, and, and do this underdog sort of thing probably answer is probably, I would say he could get them playing well but I haven't seen it so I don't know but for me you've got to respect Klopp man because Klopp won the league with Dortmund and won some accolades with Dortmund he came in, inches to winning it at Liverpool he's been to three Champions Leagues and he's only won once where you can only remember it's only about winning Pep's, Pep's gone now many times and won it's only about winning history don't remember losers Klopp's won it once but he's gone there with underdogs and done his thing I think you've got to rep- you've really got to put it's closer than it is man Klopp for me Klopp represents the beautiful thing about football, man, because he, he's almost like one of the men. Them, you see him. What did he say the other day? He said when they won the league, he, he woke up in a in in a truck. Like you wouldn't. He for me, I really like Klopp because he shows you why you shouldn't judge a book by its covers. Idiots out there said he don't know football and whatnot, and he he helped for me change the image of football because people Pep as well. People think you got to look and talk and be a different way, and he's shown that. Listen, I can be a bit rough in in my appearance and be a bit loud and whatnot, and I can do equal good things. I really like Klopp as a manager, and I wanted him to come to Arsenal, but it is what it is. Our loss is Liverpool's gain, evidently, and you've got to respect Pep Guardiola. You can like listen if you love football. If you love football, you've got to respect Pep Guardiola. He has done it all, um, but I did ask myself. Do I could who would have had more success? Who would have had more success if Klopp went to if Klopp managed the Munich team in Europe, um, or if um, what was oh, I forgot what I was going to say if Klopp managed the European team in Europe, or if Pep did Liverpool would would he when when Klopp came in straight away? Obviously Klopp's just about got money with Van Dijk and Allison, but prior to that he like he had some dog bog standard players to put it nicely to work with could Pep do that I'd say yes because I think people underestimate Pep's work at Barcelona you know even to a degree and despite people focus on the fact that he didn't win the league in Munich but they don't focus on what else he did I think people think it was plain sailing at Barcelona people don't forget the people he left he, he took out the side and the, the young players he promoted people people he, he, people can't forget they did not he did not start his tenure in the best way people they were losing games he is a great manager, and as is Klopp, man. And they're two, they're two managers I've really enjoyed, man. I've really enjoyed them, man. I really, I really enjoyed them, and there's no way around it. Like they are two of the best managers to have ever done this. I know many people will admittedly just say Pep and not bat an eyelid, but it does seem like there's still something with Klopp. For me, Klopp's still one of the best managers. I'm not saying the best. I'm saying within that room of elite managers, Klopp's get getting a table. Do you get it? Um, he's in the room. Do you get? He's in the room. If you put all the most elite managers that have given something to this game, he's in the room for what he's done. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's in the room. I really like Klopp, man. I'd say I'm more Klopp in my coaching philosophy. I'm more Klopp than Pep. I'm more heavy metal than intricate. I'm not. I'm picture Klopp and Wenger. That's what I would be, people. But I really like Pep. Do you know how many Pep books I've read? Do you know how many Pep? Listen, if you love football, you, you know what Pep Guardiola's on. There is a debate to be had about the money and things like that. But let's be serious. Pep Guardiola is a fantastic manager, as is Klopp. And it really is closer than I thought. I don't know which one's the better manager. Because you could instantly say Pep. Instantly say Pep because of what he's won, because of what he's done. 
And I don't. There's not really a case of saying Klopp's done more than him in football and whatnot. But I, I really like Klopp, man. I wonder how. I've said it in my last podcast. I don't know how long Klopp is going to stay at Liverpool because he's always spoken about taking rest. There is talk of potential German um, coaching the German team. If that offer comes, can you turn down national pride after winning the Champions League? at Liverpool, potentially going as close as you can, if not winning the league at Liverpool, would you then see your work as done and then go for a new challenge? Who knows, people? Um, who 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 knows, man? I don't think I've got anything more to add um, on that front in terms of content. I think we've, we've sat here and we've spoken about everything in this 47 minutes, really. I thought I was harping on about Arsenal for longer than I was, people. Um... I do feel like like I'm missing out something. Oh yeah, El Nene got sent off um in his first game for Besiktas. Monreal also scored against At- Atletico Madrid for his new club Sociedad. Um I might as well just leave you with Emre's comments after the game. Trying the long ball, they are physically stronger than us. They were winning that ball. He's obviously referring to the first and second balls when you pull it in the air. We wanted to break the line and connect with Ozil like we did with the second goal. It was two different halves. In the first, we controlled the match how we wanted. In the second, they pushed for our mistakes and we did more than we wanted to. We need to think about how we can improve, how we can do better. We keep saying this, people. You could look at almost any of our defeats last season where we dropped points and the language stays the same. There's a consistent language. So are we really learning or... I do believe a mistake in life, a mistake made multiple times becomes a choice. Are we choosing to ignore what we're, what we should be learning from, which would make it worse? Um, it w- I agree it was a tale of two different halves, fed in within reason, but I don't really feel that we was in the game beyond the goals we scored. I feel it was Watford, so I, I get it. We scored 2-0, and at the end of the day, it was 2-0 to us at half-time, but I don't agree with that, Emery. Um, and he said, we can grow up with the mistakes and learn for future matches. We said at halftime that 2-0 is not enough. And in the second, we needed to do the same work. But knowing they wanted it more, they did that. And we couldn't break the lines. I mean, this ain't playing Manchester City. This is no disrespect to Watford because they deserve something out of the game based on how they played. But come on. Come on now. I'm hearing scared talk. I'm hearing we couldn't. I'm hearing we wanted. I'm not hearing we done. I'm not hearing these things. I'm not. You shouldn't be saying this against Watford. This is a very defeative attitude and it leads me to wonder the state of the morale and the mental place of our team. Do these players believe generally that they're top players? Do they believe they can get top four? And if they don't, then they need to ask Raul Sanye to sort them out moves in January because we knew this was going to be tough. You cannot afford to keep playing like this. You cannot afford to feel sorry for yourself if you play for Arsenal, if you play for any of the, the top six clubs. Again, Obviously, City have come on the block now and Spurs have come on the block. And no disrespect to Spurs. But growing up for me in primary school and even secondary, there's clubs like, again, Arsenal. Again, I don't want to do this because I've got so many friends that support United. But United, these are Liverpool. These are clubs, people. If you feel sorry for yourself, you cannot play for that because it's a privilege to be within them shirts, people. Arsenal United are not where they're supposed to be. Liverpool, within reason, are back to glory. Um, obviously, Chelsea are doing their thing now, but these were the clubs. Even at Chelsea, even City now, Chelsea, all the Spurs, you you got to be on it now. None of the, If you play for any of the top six clubs, Premier League, in fact, but specific, any of the top six clubs, you cannot feel sorry for yourself. And if you do come out of the team, because you're going to have ridiculous amounts of scrutiny. You're going to have people questioning you, even when 
you win. You're going to question yourself. I mean, I we, we've we gone from people that, that won the league, literally on the day they've won the league, Sol Campbell and Jens Lehmann want to beat each other's lights out, want to kill each other. I'm not saying everyone must carry on like a madman, but that shows how serious they was, how much they wanted to be perfect, how much they chased the impossible dream of the perfect performance, the perfect league campaign. And that's what we've got to chase. Even Raheem, it's completely different, but Raheem Sterling, do you know how much I would love for my players to talk about how I want to reach Cristiano Ronaldo level and Messi level? He knows he can't reach them levels. He knows he can't. But chasing them, you'll get a long way away from them, but you'll get close. Chasing perfect, chasing that sort of excellence will only get a good result. I think we're too complacent. We're too happy with all right. It's like wanting to be financially free or wanting to go gym and be healthy. Many people would like to. They talk about it. But how many people will consistently go to the gym? How many people will sacrifice how they're living and take back and be a bit more frugal in several incidences to, to help them save. Do you get it? Doing is expensive, people. And then players there, they, they the thing is, I'm not saying our players act for camera and stuff, but Sol Campbell, Thierry, Lehman, Patrick, uh, and anyone in the event, Gilberto, everybody who was about here, they were at it at all the time. They were almost behaving like the fans were watching them 24-7. They had expectations. Do you not think these lot thought about football and what they could do every moment of that day and handled themselves like that, people? I think we're happy. We're happy to just be in the Premier League. I think these players would like to be in the top four, but between not having... Uh, to be fair, I'm starting to believe we just don't have... We have fight, but we don't have the fight required. And I don't know why, because... The majority of these players have not had privileged backgrounds. They come from war-torn countries. They come from tough environments in London. And I cannot understand how we're so soft at times. And it's not even soft as getting roughed up because Arsenal have changed in that to a degree. Kolasinac, Jakart, McGuendozi, they won't have it. But just soft in that. We looked defeated at 2-0 two two to us. 10 minutes in that second half. Before they scored. Or just before they scored. 7 minutes. Whatever you want to call it. We looked like we lost. We looked scared. Yes, it's difficult going to away games. I didn't play at no stadiums like these, man. But I know how it feels to go to an away game and be not shook, but it's like raw. It's like it's a thing, isn't it? Definitely feel uncomfortable sort of thing, people. It is hard. But this is the Premier League. If you're not at it in terms of application and galvanization, then forget about it. There's no half measures because you will get away with it nine times out of ten. But everything we do in the dark will, will show in the light, people. And it happened last season and we've got to get our act together. We have dropped seven points already. Seven points already have been dropped. I would like to compare that to last season, people, and see what happened after so many games. We've dropped seven points and we will drop points again. I can sit here and say we need to put a run together. We need to do this. We need to do that. And all of it's true. But at this point, we know what we need to do. It is what it is. First and foremost, Arsenal, well, if you if you play for a Champions League club or support a Champions League club, you're playing in the Champions League. Arsenal and United, um, we've, we've got Europa League action. So Arsenal, obviously, 5.55 on Thursday, we play against Frankfurt away. And then we've got Bournemouth um, on Sunday. So it's two games in a week. Need to get two Ws, people, because it's almost like we've forgotten what the winning feeling tastes like after it's been missing for the last three game weeks. But I've enjoyed this, people. For now people deluded thank you for watching and rocking as usual out